Hi, I am Tingan, and this is the Parents in Tech Podcast. In this special episode of Parents in Tech, I speak to David and Lynn, husband and wife co-founders of Hackernoon, the leading hacker and developer publication on the internet, and parents to five-year-old Nora, as well as a soon-to-be-born son. Hackernoon is a technology publication that features more than 25,000 curious and insightful contributing writers. They have raised $2.6 million from 1,300 shareholders, including Alexis Ohanian, Gary Tan, and Stephen Moon. Since launch, more than 100 million people have visited Hackernoon to learn about technology. David and Lynn co-founded Hackernoon in 2016, before welcoming Nora into the world shortly after. We discuss what it's like to be parent entrepreneurs, navigating the family's relationship with technology, and how they support each other through the ups and downs of parenting. This is a conversation I truly enjoyed, and I hope you'll benefit from it too. Hey David, hey Lynn, welcome to the Parents in Tech podcast. Really excited to have you guys on the show today. And to begin with, could you tell us a bit more about your family? Sure. So my name is Ling and this is my husband, David, also Hello. my <laughs> partner in crime on all aspects of things because we work together running a company called Hakanoon. Your question about family, we have a kid. She's five years old and her name is Nora. We have another one on the way. <laughs> I am, well, for those who are on audio, you probably don't see, but I am 33 weeks and a few days pregnant. So 40 some days left until we become a family of four. Congratulations on that. I'm so glad I caught you before you deliver so that you can have a good rest and I won't disturb you. <laughs> but maybe David and Lynn, for those who haven't heard of Hackernoon, could you give perhaps the one minute summary of what Hackernoon is all about? Yeah, sure. Hackernoon is the place to publish. We're a technology publishing platform. We've published about 25,000 people in tech, all types of jobs, software development, CEOs, crypto enthusiasts. We've been around since 2016 and crypto stuff has been kind of growing the last five, six years relative to the world. And our site is a part of that. And we employ editors and software developers. So we're mostly editing stories to make them better building distribution systems to get the stories more well-read, and building publishing software. Our main time is on the content management system that powers the site. But really, if we see little problems about how to solve publishing, we try and build something and then see if we can use that tool elsewhere. So we've been at it about six years. Nice. Nice to be here. Yeah, I've personally been reading Hackernoon for the what, past two or three years. Really loved the diversity of content that was there. And last year started to contribute. I think it's amazing, incredible platform that really kind of puts the community and technology group at heart. But really, when you said that you started the company in 2016, I did some simple math. <laughs> and I realized that you welcome your daughter in the world probably around the same time or a year after you started the company. Very much so. <laughs> Tell me, what was it like to have two babies, one in the literal sense and one in building your company? We're very high growth people. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, recently I just reminisced about having the first office in San Francisco, and now we are sitting here in our second official HQ of Hakanoon in downtown Edwards, Colorado. And I literally also refer to Hakanoon as our other baby. It's been a very rewarding journey, full of growth and full of ups and downs, but I wouldn't do it any other way. Learning to parent while learning to lead a company, you just have to be very flexible. So I think the skill set you learn in parenting actually helps us also in management and vice versa. So yeah, yeah I'm sure we're going to dive deeper into that, but I think it's a great journey, a complementary journey on both aspects. Okay, so first things first, was the timing intentional? Because, I mean, I guess the common sense advice, common sense with huge air quotes, it's that you kind of try to do one thing at a time and make sure the company gets its on its feet first before perhaps focusing on family. How did that look like for both of you? Yeah, there were certainly some stressful times. The first year of the company, I'm making the profits, which is 35 grand in a year. There's definitely stuff that have changed a lot since then. But for me, having Ling next to me the whole time, it's more likely to succeed business and family. So it's just two talented people are more likely to get it done than one. So (laughs) I guess there's something that I feel good about it. I don't know. We didn't really decide the timeline for one of them. I mean, for (laughs) Nora, it just kind of happened. And it's also around the time that Hakanoon started to gain traction. I mean, if you remember the crypto boom of 2017, that's when a lot of people learned about Bitcoin and everything. So it was also around the time that we got pregnant. We discussed with each other about family and about our focus and our appreciation for family values and wanting to have children at some point in the future Mm -hmm. as we were dating but we definitely didn't anticipate that happening around the same time as Hakanun was growing we went with the flow and I was really glad that it worked out and we didn't drop one or the other looking back one other big thing changed whenever we found out we were having Nora We wanted more space. We're in San Francisco. It's not ideal to raise a kid. So moving out into Colorado and fresh air and walking and having just some natural beauty part of the day and just space. Mm. That shift, I think, was really helpful for my mind to be more focused and productive with the increased responsibilities that we were facing. You just went through with your 18 months old. In the beginning, it's just, oh my gosh, don't die. Let me care for the baby enough. Every first falling over and stuff. It's a blessing in disguise, I would say, because ever since we moved to the mountains, the company actually accelerated in growth and we've been doubling revenue ever since literally every single year for the past five years. Users have been very stable. We moved to our own platform and own 100% of our technology. So all good things. And you wouldn't think that adding a kid would help with that. But I think because we had to move to an area with more focus and more concentration, just more time for our mental space to be cleared up. Uh, yeah, I looked back on my 20s growth. in San Francisco and it was like every day after work, something was happening. There's like, oh, you can go here, you can go there. And it's just That is draining. The amount of meetings I took just because, oh, you're in San Francisco too. Cool, let's meet. Now it's like, I'm picky. I'm just taking the meetings I think are important. It makes me think, oh, if I could only do two meetings today, what's the important meeting that I should be taking? And so that question has been helpful 
parenting has helped me just think a little better about longer term, like sustainable priorities in my business. Absolutely. Absolutely. I realized that one thing that almost all parents seem to acquire over time, it's really the element of time management and ruthless prioritization. Because now you really do have something very meaningful and significant to tend to. Say ruthless so delicately, it almost (laughs) makes ruthless sound okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I really have to understand this. At that point with everything that's going on and with the rise of Hagenun, how did both of you manage the boundaries between work and family, right? Because it can be so easy, it can be so consuming for both of you to pour yourself 100% in, and I'm sure you did, but that also becomes a challenge. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so David can share his side of the story, but I would like to take a step back a little bit. Sure. So for my career, I have always been extremely driven, ambitious, and didn't plan to have a child, quote unquote, get in the way. I mean, I always wanted to have family and children, but I thought that I would set up and solidify my career first. Now, that all changed when we learned about the pregnancy in 2016. I was still the manager at a very high growth job in a very high growth company. And I thought that I could just manage it all. Like just go through the pregnancy. Don't tell anyone until I have to then get the maternity leave that I needed. Well, that didn't happen. I was an international contractor, even though in a very pretty good position in the company. And they just, wow, no, we don't want to deal with a pregnant international contractor. So wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a side of the story that I barely share, but I think it's important to include that in this part of the story. So I decided, okay, now is the time. It's like a signal from the universe for me to slow down a little bit and focus on what my body needed at the time and what my family needed at the time, which is the baby. And I actually took about a year, maybe more than that, off, Mm. completely off work just to focus on growing this little being inside of me. And I think that was really helpful for me to refocus on what I wanted as the next step of my career. So Hakanoon came about not because I've been aspiring to be in the tech, crypto, software development space forever. Before that, I was in the education, community, NGO kind of space. And there's some intersection with tech, but most of it has got to do with education and community. Mm -hmm. So I was interested, but also not 100% familiar with that space. The only thing that kept me hooked onto the job is, wow, it's the closest one available to me, you know, started by my my, my my husband. (laughs) And he was the only employee at the time. He really needed the help. So it became organically logical for me to join at the time. And I think as I grew with the company and as Hakanoon grew, I learned to love that space more, just channeling all of the skill sets and all of the passion I have for community management and marketing and just people, understanding people, all combined together in the job really helped me get out of my just 
mother and Nora only phase because that year was wonderful. I was exclusively breastfeeding and really bonding with my daughter. But I really miss the part of me that was ambitious, driven, career-wise. So it's a natural, organic, and I would say really fulfilling journey for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would add our skills are pretty complementary. I mean, I'm someone who expand versus exploit or expand into an area versus solidify. So there's a lot of whenever setting up a business, running a business and being on time and being operational and getting sales, getting deals closed, building up people. These are skills that I need help with. Sometimes I'm just creating blind into the internet and sometimes I'm just a little logistically lost. So (laughs) he's the maximizer and I'm the optimizer in the company. Nice. Another example would be if we were to choose a movie to watch in our daily lives, he would tend to discover something new and I would tend to go back to the library of what we've watched. So it translates also into like our preference for working. He always comes up with new ideas, throwing them to the wall all the time. Whereas I'm always coming back to what we have done and trying to improve them slowly. Yeah, I love that balance. It's beautiful. But Lynn, I got to dull back a bit. You are someone who is driven ambitious for you to take that one year gap off to have the time for yourself for Nora I think that's beautiful I think more parents should do it but tell us a bit more about that uncertainty anxiety or perhaps even FOMO you might just be missing out you might be interrupting your career trajectory were there these concerns and how did you go about dealing with them I mean it was hard I remember there were nights when I would just stay up with Nora, you know, how it is with a newborn baby, very needy. So there'd be times between feedings, I would look into the grayness that is my future that I felt super scared about. I never had that kind of feeling at all in my eight years before that leading up to my career. I always graduated from a good school in Vietnam, went to international school, went to an Ivy League school in America. I always knew what the next step was. And all of a sudden, it came to a halt almost with this motherhood journey. And for the first time, I couldn't see the next step. So that was definitely a little bit challenging. But I think that's what happens with optimistic people. You just have this blind optimism at the end of the day that things going to work out. Some people call it hope. Some call it delusion. I don't know. But those moments pass and I attributed it to hormones like postpartum hormones as well. Like once I'm out of that fog, I just somehow trust that things going to work out. And I mean, it's not like it was easy Mm. the first year with Hakanoon. We are the two-person team. We were an S-corp at the time. So what that means is you only get money to pay your bills if you make money. So (laughs) literally, we would get a contract from a client, immediately pay our credit card. There was just no cushion. So I would say... For the first two years, at least, there was really the pipeline from Hakanoon to our personal life. It's very direct. And even when we made it change to like a more grown-up business and we did equity crowdfunding, 
now we have 1,200 people depending on us. And it raised the stakes of, oh, you're actually upping the stakes and you're trying to build a more ambitious business now. And so that was a good bit of pressure. I'm thrilled to be profitable again. That's like a whole weight off me. Two years of not being profitable was just eating me up inside. And so that level, I had a little bit of stress added to push through to get there. But now I feel kind of more calm. Every year, the business has been more stable in terms of how much risk you're putting up on your family. Yeah, It's easier to just have a set job, set amount, goes up each month or goes up each year in tech. But as it's your own business, you take on a lot more risk. But I just don't think the risk of not doing parenthood, it doesn't hurt your career. It's not, it's like, yeah, this, this risk would be there no matter what. That's who I am as a person yep. and not being profitable and saying this is a good business would eat me up as just a philosophically wrong thing to be doing. So I'm really thrilled to be where I'm at. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's an incredible growth story. But David, for you at the point when Lynn was taking a break, Hacker Noon was still relatively at its infancy. Tell me, how did you deal with all that? stress and that pressure right which of course could be a good thing but at the same time and on an individual level with the new responsibilities of fatherhood as a founder i'm sure there's a lot that went through your mind what were some of the strategies the coping mechanisms that worked well for you routine is really important and growing your routine and trusting it just when work happens is great and to know it and to plan it and to say it's okay i'm taking this half day tuesday because it's better to be off with my family now, and I'll make up that time later. So in routine of exercise, so I'm playing basketball once a week in the morning, and that keeps the routine of my body, goes to a place, does a routine, feels young again. You got to carve time out as a parent to do something on your own. Is that, that can get lost in everything. So balancing our abilities to get those moments in our routine has been really helpful. Yeah, I remember very distinctly, the month. So like Nora turned to one month old and David kind of like sat me down on the bed and be like, Ling, I think it's time. I really need to get out of the house to have focused work. And I was hurt a little bit. <laughs> Tough conversation pregnancy, with a colleague. Pregnancy hormones. <laughs> and I was like, what? You're going to abandon me in this house? But to look back, it was extremely important that he had that freedom and that time mm. just carved out exclusively for work and it's hard enough for just one of us to be drowned in our newfound identity as a parent if both of us uh, just kind of ignore all of the financial aspect of the business and don't grow the business then i don't think we would have hackanoon of today so i'm glad that he was able to do that while being extremely involved and the parent he was never not part of anything when it comes to Nora. Like that's something that David has never compromised, even in the hardest of time of Hakanoon. So that way I'm extremely thankful to have such a partner and a husband. Yeah. Now in terms of supporting each other, can each of you share what your partner did that you really appreciated over the past five years of parenthood? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) One thing, huh? I never saw David interact with children when we were dating because you were in your 20s. You just kind of want to enjoy city life and traveling to Italy and whatever. But seeing him so natural with a newborn 
then a toddler and now a kid and a girl at that. Now, you know, with this one, we're going to have a boy and he's oh. kind of petrified again of like not. <laughs> before it happened, I was like, I really wanted a boy before I was a parent. because I was like, I'll be able to relate to him yep. immediately. And now five years have passed and I'm, I really wish it was another girl was my first <laughs> thought because I now I know that. I know what it's like to be a girl just at one through five now. I've seen how much she's just evolved and she has half my genes. So there's something in there of like, why would you even think that way? Oh, I get it. I think that way. <laughs> so. But yeah, to answer your question about appreciate. So he rose to the occasion, definitely is like a total girl dad. Nice. And yeah. Is this overprotective parent among the two of us for sure? Like I'm more lax and he is definitely more cautious. And he really emphasized on intellect early on the idea that a child is never too young to discuss with you about whatever topic. He talked about theory of relativity and the physics thing that you did with Nora. <laughs> Mass equals force times acceleration yes wow so nora like to play this mirror game like where she would not stop copying copying yeah. you so david's like sweet i'm gonna uh, use this to my advantage and instill in you this equation yeah he definitely does little tricks like that for sure so that's definitely what i appreciate about him and he makes parenting very light fun and not like, oh, you have to be like the authority, mm. whatever that means. It's like growing up in an Asian household. Like you see the kind of parent that Asian people like to model after. And it's refreshing to see someone who's thinking of being parent as a more fun responsibility rather than a burden, so to speak. So yeah, I appreciate that about him a lot. I appreciate putting Nora to sleep. This is the definable area where she's just so much better. It's on a different level of, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like that ultimate comfort of what I can just come back to, fall asleep, dream and start a new day. And I mean, with me, she just keeps playing art. <laughs> so dad is fun and mom is the calming, stable, soothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's clearly so much love and joy that both of you have, but I also want to talk about the realities of parenting and also bringing different parenting styles into a family. So could you share perhaps what was one difference that both of you realized that you had differences in, in terms of parenting styles, and how did you work to create that alignment? One thing I can immediately think of is I grew up in the household that values tidiness and cleanliness and no mess a lot. <laughs> Part of it is personality as well. Like I'm always cleaning up the smallest of stain or whatever. And David's always of the mind says, a little bit of mess is fine. So that's... <laughs> yep. So definitely that's one difference, but I don't think it's that important. It's just like on the largest scale of things, mess or no mess, we 
both agree on some fundamentals. Like we agree that it's important for her to create rather than consume. Mm. I'm sure you're going to ask about tech in a little bit later, but so like values like that, like fundamentals, we both agree on, but there's definitely some minor differences. And just the fact that I'm from Vietnam and he says American. So definitely there's a lot of cultural differences. Like one compromise that I definitely had to make was the language thing here by myself is like all of five Vietnamese people in this small ski town in middle of nowhere in Colorado. So in order for me to teach her to be fully bilingual, I would have to put on my armor and it's like a full-time job to, to basically speak to her just in Vietnamese and also for David to understand For that battle, I kind of chose just the easy way for myself. Uh, Some would say probably a little lazy, but being a businesswoman, running a company, as well as having Nora, not having her Vietnamese relatives around, I chose to raise her in English. So that it's not so much of a difference. It's just something we have to overcome as a bilingual, bicultural family. Yeah. I mean, I think she'll learn Vietnamese before I do. She's already doing it faster. I'm like the numbers and the greetings and trying to, well, we'll see. Duolingo. I mean, yeah, Nora's <laughs> been to Vietnam. Just that one time. Yeah, one time. Because yeah. of COVID, otherwise we'd go back sooner. Yeah, COVID has been tough. Mm. We were going back and forth a lot. Yeah, we're trying to make it yearly and then COVID happened. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That's challenging. Now, David, how about for you? Do you remember any difference that you guys had to align on in terms of parenting styles? I would say the one of those ones for me is just being on time. When daycare and school starts at a certain time, I was just raised that like on time means you're there. Yep. Like whatever time it said is the moment you're there. And Ling is much more like it's a range. <laughs> just a little like everything has to be happening right around the house and everything's moving forward. One thing a new parent should definitely plan for that I forgot about that just is reminding me of is just the time from the moment you decide to leave to the moment you can leave has changed. Yes. It's so monumentally different than what it was before there was a kid. So Is your kid still in diapers? Yes, she is. So I 100% agree. Yeah. So that added at least five minutes to the prep time. <laughs> yep. And once they're older, you would think it's shorter, but no, like they... They run around. Play <laughs> shoes and I don't know, whatever yeah. need. Like if she goes to ballet, she needs five items off her thing and a snack. There's always <laughs> got to be a snack. Yes. So. Yeah, you're at everything. And then for me, it just became a little bit chill. I know mm. I care about being on time more. Right. I know out of this group, the people we're going to see out of the people in this group, I'm the one who cares the most about being on time. Yeah. So I just need to take a deep breath and be like, it's okay. Maybe that'll just happen a little later and that's fine. It's tough. That's something I'm working on pretty much every day and probably will be every day the rest of my life. <laughs> this is some sort of fear of whether I'm on time or not. <laughs> and I have to do more to be on time. Whatever that even means. Well, you can help gather this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Before time. It's so relatable. I recently just went on my first family vacation after a long time due to COVID or so. And it's like, huh, my 18-month-old's bag, it's twice the size of mine. Because you need to buy the diapers, the milk, the everything. So completely relatable to that. And I guess shifting gears also to the tech element, both of you, Mm -hmm. tech company leaders, tech founders, what's the relationship 
between technology that you want to cultivate with your daughter? And specifically, perhaps you can start with screen time. Yeah, so we recently went to Disney World and what shocked me the most about the level of tech consumption in kids these days is just how much <laughs> there is. We would be sitting in a restaurant for two hours surrounded by three or four families with kids as young as like two years, maybe younger, I don't know, and like as old as eight or 15. And all of them, I would say eight out of 10 families would just put kids in the dinner with some kind of device. And I mean, I don't want to cast judgment on moms and dads who need some kind of temporary relief from whatever duties they're doing in the day. But this is vacation we're talking about. It's not like you going there to work, like you're going to Disney World, spending thousands of dollars to relax. And what do you do? You put your kids during important family dinner for two hours on a device. So I think that kind of screen time for us, that would be stepping on the line. The line for us is no device during family meal times and no device during the day. Well, the big rule we installed in the house was no TV until it's dark. Yeah. So it has to be dark outside for you to turn on the big screen that we have one big screen, not in the main room of our house has no TV. So we eliminate that part of it somewhat. We still like family movie night. I still love watching movies, but with her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She can comprehend things now. And I'm sure like at 18 months, your child can kind of comprehend something. Yes. She's starting to like screens, which is worrying me. That's why I'm asking. (laughs) Well, you can't stop that. So that's the other equation is like, okay, so if you can't stop the exposure because they're going to hang out with their friends and they're going to see you on a device, then they're going to have questions about why they can't. So the other rule for us is create and not consume. So Mm. if you are on the device, you better be painting via, what's that one? Procreate. Procreate, Or you better be learning some phonetics from Khan Academy, or you better put in Mm. some emojis. That's also creating. She has figured out because our screen is locked, but she can scroll down to get to the keyboard. And then, so now I have like a running log of Nora's emojis on my (laughs) phone because I thought it perfectly captures what goes through a four or five-year-old's mind. Tons of mermaids and flowers and what have you. So yeah, uh, the line for us is like, sure, we can't control whether or not you know how to use a screen because you're going to know how to use the screen, Mm -hmm. whether or not we want them to or not. But you're going to use the screen for what? Something to enrich your mind and something so that you don't mindlessly scroll. At least we try. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would imagine it's such a constant battle, but I'm glad that you already have developed this very healthy perspective of technology, really embracing it, but also kind of setting clear boundaries. So sort of if I flip the question and ask for both of you, so plugged into technology, do you use any technology to help with the parenting journey, with family, or is it mostly still good without? I guess if I would say the core technologies to our parenting, I mean... 
Messenger's on there because it's a group chat with all of Ling's family, Ling's side of the family. Uh, camera. Camera. You know, having is, her kind of tech pictures. Oh, yeah. So people. we got her a Polaroid recently. Oh. This is a great thing to buy for a three to five-year-old. <laughs> okay. They, just need, they need to be just old enough to understand the cost of one and the sense of, hey, we only have so many of these. The first big rule I had to teach her once she got the camera was take picture of people. Because the first 10 she took with the Polaroid, she was like, <laughs> taking... <laughs> First, it was, I think, her doll and then her hairbrush. And it was like, well, maybe, but <laughs> this is a Polaroid. So that became kind of a core technology for us. And like I said, like some apps on the iPad that we allow her to have is the math game, Khan mm. Academy, Procreate. Procreate uh, with the pen is awesome because mm-hmm. they're just getting, in this age, they're getting used to the pen. And now she's learning early skills of zoom in, zoom out, change wow. your brush, yeah. move around like yeah. that. So... I think those ones are really good for, I think, her brain. You started the walk yet at 18? Yes. In fact, she's starting to climb things. I was very worried. Oh, my goodness. And she finally has reached the height where she can grab on the door and open the door. And so now I, (laughs) so sometimes when I'm taking meetings, I actually have to lock the door just to make sure that she doesn't toddle in and climb on the chair while I can't tend to her. So yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. But it is such a fun and rewarding piece. So maybe on that note, David, I want to ask you, what is the best part about being a dad? I don't know if this is the best, but one of the greatest things about it is just really firmly, definitively knowing for the first time you're not the most important person in the universe. There's always a little piece of you that may believe it. (laughs) And this is the first piece of definitive evidence (laughs) that it cannot be true. So I think that helps my brain a lot. Mm. And if I had lived all of life and not got that, I would have lived a lesser life. (laughs) So uh, I think it's the greatest thing I've ever done is have my daughter Nora. It truly is. And maybe in terms of that, and now, of course, when Nora's expecting, tell me a bit more about the plan for the number of children and what the conversations around that look like. I think we're considering between 8 and 13. <laughs> ah, a full soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think without financial status and a wealth at this point, two is a great number. We both from family of four. I have a brother. He has a sister. The dynamic is also older sister, younger brother. So that's something we both used to. So that feels natural for us. But I also want to say never, say never. We would like to think that we're pretty good parents. (laughs) We've raised a pretty adorable and smart and kind Mm. child. So the idea of bringing more like that into the world is pretty cool. But I would also be completely happy with two. My mind is on a healthy birth. That's what's on my mind right now. So absolutely. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Yeah. So Lynn, second time pregnancy. Yes. Is it easier? Is it tougher? And tell me a bit more about the journey over the past six, seven months as you go through this while also, of course, having to juggle all the other responsibilities as a tech leader, as a mom. I would say the second time around, you're more relaxed for sure. Mm. Just happens with most things in life. Once you do it once, you're less kind of worried about the unknowns because it's become known to you. So I'm definitely more armed with knowledge that whatever that's going on with my body or my baby, it's probably going to turn out fine. So I have that peace of mind. 
at the same time, every pregnancy is different. So last time it triggered this condition called hypothyroidism, a Graves disease for me, which means high heart rate, lots of hormonal ups and downs, weight loss and stuff. And this time it's the opposite, which is gestational diabetes that you can't really control because it's also a hormonal thing but you can attempt to control with your diet. So yeah, every pregnancy is different. I would say if you are a woman, a pregnant woman, soon to be pregnant or has been pregnant woman, props to you. It's hard. It's something really incredible that your body is capable of and either has gone through or is going through. I think every mother is a superhero. And props to myself (laughs) for going through this. As we speak, I'm doing this blood test. I've been pricking my fingers for a couple of weeks now, and it has an error that means not enough blood. So I have to poke my finger again. It's making my fingers bruise and like keep bleeding all the time. But I think apart from that, it all comes from your brain, from your mind. So if you relax about it, if you feel at peace with yourself and if you don't stress out over trivial thing, it will translate into just like a calmer, healthier pregnancy as well. And I think work has been amazing because I have this purpose and this focus that I really need to get the company and the team in a good shape before I take a couple of weeks off or a couple of months off or maternity leave. And it gives me a lot of energy actually to focus on that. What if I deliver early? Because you can, like I'm at 33 weeks at any point now you can deliver and it likely would turn out fine for you and the baby. What state do I want to leave the team and the company at? So I think about that a lot, and And I think it has helped. Speaking of how different pregnancies can be, the last time we were pregnant, we were walking from North Beach to to Market Street in San Francisco. So you go up the hill and down the hill. Basically, Ling was walking with me every day. The first thing she had to do after both walks was nap. So it was 30 minute walk up, nap, nap in the office, then 30 minute back, right when we get there, nap. And now this pregnancy, it's like, yeah, she's sleeping more than she was if she wasn't pregnant, but the whole energy is much higher on a day-to-day basis right now with this level of focus. So who knows? This pregnancy is all just a crapshoot. You know, thing it just happens too. and <laughs> do your best. Hopefully you make it to the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so David, two questions and you have to answer both. So what are you looking forward most to and what are you looking forward least? (laughs) In the world. (laughs) (laughs) With the impending arrival of your second one. I've forgotten a lot of what I did before. So there's some levels of the fear of making my own mistakes again in terms of the new baby. and Yeah, it's been five years. Yeah, so cause I know I did it. I got to this point, but there's not an exact knowledge of even the techniques around all the diapers, how to wrap and throw before so you don't get the poop and you get it right in the sealed thing. Yep. <laughs> so I'm worried about that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm looking forward to just seeing a new personality. That seeing the kids' personalities develop and 
Some stuff stays the same through the years, and some evolve. The phrase Nora's been using lately is just, she always goes, just a sec. I was just like, oh, for what? Just a sec. And then she goes and does something. It's just, it's like, oh, that's really cute, and you chose it. So I think just seeing a new personality in the world is what I'm most looking forward to, because you don't know what the kid will be at all. Absolutely. It's just the genes come in, and there will be bits you will recognize from each of us, but it's a whole new thing, so... That's what's really exciting yeah, about it. Yeah, I think the biggest parenting misconception is the parents got in control of what the kid will be. What? No. You know, give birth to this person and you give some of your DNA to this person, but they are a whole person. They need time to develop, but they have their own predisposition that is completely theirs. The example I like to go to is Nora's best friend's twins. They were born literally seven minutes apart and they are completely different person, even though they're twins and they're raised by the same parents under the same condition all the time and go to the same school, hang out with the same kind of friends. And yet they're still completely different. So the idea that you can just mold the kid to whatever you want is not going to happen. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The fact that they can take their own shape and character in ways that you never expect, I think that's also one of the things that makes parenting interesting. Yes. So speaking of that, have you received any interesting parenting advice from the Hakanoon community that you have built? The Hakanoon community. So recently we had one of our employees become a parent Mm -hmm. and then we have the other employee, a little bit older, is parent to two kids, slightly older than Nora. And they approach parenting very calmly and that gives us calm. (laughs) This week alone is home with his son, five-year-old son, I believe, or six-year-old. And which is cameo any zoom meeting because it's alone at home with him so and he's totally chilled about that and we also chill about that it's also like a this environment we want to foster within our very parents friendly company Mm. is that you have duties as a parent and there's no shame about that if you need to have your kid hang around during a zoom meeting so be it maybe they'll learn something about CMS, whatever, (laughs) but they'll learn the work ethics from you. They'll like pick up things even as young as five-year-olds. So it has given me a lot of confidence. Yeah, sure. If he can do that with two kids because he has an older kid as well. So can we? One of them directly from the Hacker Noon. I remember whenever the Hacker Noon writer, I was talking to him before this was happening. So before Nora was being born, there's some uncertainty if the business was going to survive. And I said, just I said something to him like, and, you know, this kid's on the way. And he's like, look, dude, everyone has kids. <laughs> and I, it, I, he was not being like, I thought for a second it stung. Like, oh, my troubles are so much. Why don't you acknowledge them? But as you take a step back, it's not going to change your outcome in what life will be. It will make sure. you have a more fulfilling life if you have kids and it'll change your priorities. But you're going to be who you are and you're responsible for your things. And so if you do the job or not, it doesn't matter if you're a parent or if you're not, like it matters if you do the thing. Agreed. So that's, that's been useful to learn (laughs) and have have the people around me operate in the same manner. I think that's, there's some really just appreciation for the team we have now of just putting their job and giving us a lot of their time and their energy and their effort and doing it enough that they're good enough at it, that the business can work. So Yeah. It's good to build a team together. Absolutely. 
This has been such a rich and colourful conversation. And to wrap things up, if you can ask both of you, David and Lynn, what is one lesson that you have learned as a parent in tech? One lesson. Having a kid and about to be multiple kids really puts perspective on what kind of legacy you want to put forth in the world. It's like it's not just about your business and about you anymore. It's also about what if you leave this earth early? Like what are you leaving your kids with? Are they going to be proud of it? Are they going to be ashamed of it? Are they going to be neutral? So we really think about the kind of world we want to leave Nora with and soon to be this baby boy as well. Yeah, you just become gentler and kinder with your approach to the world, I feel like, because you know that this is something that you as well want for your child. So I think that way it has been extremely positive to have a kid in the back of your mind when you build a business. Before, if we only think for yourself, we might have been a little bit more ruthless or less futuristic or forward-looking, and now we have to think deeper about the kind of impacts that we want to leave. So I would say, and it's not specific to a parent in tech, I just say parent in general who do something in the world. In terms of the tech angle, like I said, just because we work in tech doesn't mean that we think tech as the end-all be-all solution for things like we have to use it just like most things in moderation and understand the pros and the cons and so far i think we've been okay with limiting the dark side of tech like we are aware that we can't do that forever but so far it's been good for parents in tech i would think there's a lot of options out there for who you work for yourself or another company and what that company does I think tech workers are very, very in demand. And I think to be a good parent, you should be the master of your schedule. And if you can't get that from the business you're at, you should create a business and do that. I think there is an element of you choose your time. Like if I only want to do this many meetings and I need six hours of quiet work and two hours of meetings, and that's what my day looks like. And that eight hours may be spread out in a window three hours before the kid wakes up and maybe spread out late in the day. My schedule may break. I may be in a different time zone. So it's like making sure you align work with how you want to spend your time because there's a lot of times where I knew if I worked for somebody else, I couldn't bend the schedule this way. So be ruthless about it (laughs) and be ruthless for yourself. I mean, if you're making 250 at Amazon, of course you can make 100 for yourself. The upside is you could make a million for yourself or 10 million. So the risk, if you're in tech, there's just enough ways to make money that you should be a little more lenient to bet on yourself and put your family's schedule first. I think that's golden. That money you can always make more of, but time, we are all given the same amount of time. And I feel like ultimately our children will remember us not for the wealth that we leave them, hopefully not, but truly for the time that we spend with them. Absolutely. This is a really, really incredible. David and Lynn, if some of our parents who are listening to this, I'm sure many of them will be inspired and will want to connect with you. How can they best do so? Yeah, so I'm on everywhere as Ling Dao Smook. Smook, it's like smoke with an extra O. <laughs> Two last names because Dao is my maiden name, D-A-O. My first name is L-I-N-H. Yep. Yeah, pretty much everywhere. I also have lingdaosmook.com where I put thoughts, actually a lot about parenting. Ah, you know, okay. the intersection of my life as a businesswoman and as a parent. So, yeah. Just David Hacker Noon. Just put that into the Google. 
Yes, we would do that. <laughs> yeah, you'll find me. Yeah. Is that a good dad joke? No. <laughs> yeah, Google that was invented like few years ago. <laughs> wow. David and Lynn, thank you so much for taking time off for joining me on the Parents in Tech show. This has really just been such an incredible conversation. I really appreciate the time and the candidness that both of you have. Thank you so much. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Parents in Tech podcast with me, your host, Tsingen. We hope you were inspired on how to raise kids and build companies. To catch up on earlier episodes or stay updated with upcoming ones, head over to www.parents.fm to join our community of parents in tech. There, you can also drop me a question, idea, feedback, or suggestion. Once again, the website is www.parents.fm. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.